Kenny and calling on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus Sirius XM Channel 80. This is Chris Kenny, and I am rocking with the best, Roe Parish, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're taking your calls on your bold NFL predictions. Hit us up on the call-in line, 888-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776. And the breaking news for today is Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, who underwent arthroscopic knee surgery, and Dr. Elitrosh out in Los Angeles said that the Jets quarterback knee surgery was deemed a success. This is per Rich Samini, the Jets beat writer for ESPN. There were no surprises from the original diagnosis. They won't put him on the field until he's 100% healthy, but good news for the Jets. Your reaction to hearing that the knee surgery for Zach Wilson went according to plan. Well, first off, it is good news, number one, because it isn't more serious than they thought it might originally be. So he will miss some time. However, he won't apparently miss extended time. And as we spoke about, you need to see these young quarterbacks get on the field, get as many reps as possible, not only in the games, but in the preseason and in training camp as well, because the more reps, the better. That allows them to develop as a quarterback, but also allows them to develop with the talent around them. And you need to see that when you're trying to decipher, are we going to keep this quarterback or are we going to go with the talent-rich quarterback draft that you've spoken about next season and move on? Yeah, no doubt about it. And if you think back in recent memory, the last five years or so in the National Football League, we've seen the biggest growth from quarterbacks in their second full season as a starter, right? I mean, we saw huge growth from uh, from Lamar Jackson in his second full season as a starter. Huge, Huge growth for Justin Herbert in his second full season as a starter. Joe Burrow took his team to the Super Bowl in his second full season as a starter. So it seems like that's the benchmark, that's the timeline in terms of seeing whether or not you have a true franchise quarterback, that guy being able to make that big jump from year one to year two. The evolution of your quarterback dictates the evolution of your franchise and the development of your overall program. So... This is good news for the New York Jets in that Zach Wilson will be available for them. But now the question becomes what version of Zach Wilson the Jets are going to get. So that's to be determined. But, Ro, we got to talk about the other quarterback in New York City. That would be one Daniel Jones for the New York football Giants. And, you know, this is always a tough topic for me to talk about because Very I got tough. blood in the ground at MetLife Stadium with this organization. Hey, oh, wait, 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 just in case people don't know, you also have a championship ring that you earn. I do, I yeah. do, I do. So I do Sometimes know, people forget, so I got to so, remind So them. I do know a little bit about this organization. But we heard something from head coach Brian Dayball that raised a lot of eyebrows about the quarterback situation with Big Blue. Take a listen. As we get going here in, in terms of the preseason games, um, you know, we'll talk about whatever we think is best. Uh, but, you know, I have full confidence in Daniel and, and full confidence in Tyrod and what his role is. Um, each day we'll, we sit there we evaluate the guys. But, uh, you know, will he get a few reps here or there? He might. Brian, will that be is – is that any reflection on Daniel? Or Absolutely it- not. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, and here's the thing. I know Brian Dable has to say that's not a reflection on Daniel Jones, but isn't it a reflection on Daniel Jones if you're giving the backup quarterback first-team reps in training camp? Man, let me just say this. We just talked about the New York Jets and Uh wanting to have your young quarterback get as many reps as possible. However, he's injured right now coming off successful knee surgery. Last time I checked, Daniel Jones, he didn't undergo any surgery. No. He's completely healthy. Yeah. He should be on the field for every single rep when you have a cornerstone of your franchise that you drafted in the first round, but you're going to bring in a talented player, Tyrod Taylor, no question about it. However, he's been a journeyman starter as a quarterback, Mm -hmm. and now you're going to give him first-team reps 
And that just that doesn't sit well with me if you want Daniel Jones to be your guy, to be the leader of your team. No, and I think it calls into question what you just said about Daniel Jones being a cornerstone player for your team. Is he really a cornerstone? Because you got to remember, the New York Giants did not give Daniel Jones his fifth-year option. They didn't exercise the fifth-year option. So this is a true contract year for Daniel Jones. And they went out and they got a proven commodity at the backup quarterback spot in Tyrod Taylor, somebody that could give you competent quarterback play. The other thing that we have to keep in mind with the Giants and Daniel Jones this year is this regime with Joe Shane and Brian Daybowl has no ties to Daniel Jones. Big they facts. didn't draft him. They did not. They did, this is not their guy, so they are truly evaluating him to see if he can be a part of the solution for what they want to do with this team. And if he's not, they can cut bait on him and there's no sweat off their back. So I think it's a it's a huge year for Daniel Jones. It's make or break. Everybody understands that. Right. But the fact that at this stage of the preseason, we're hearing Brian Dable say that Tyrod Taylor is going to get first-team reps, it just doesn't feel like it's going the way that Brian Dable would have hoped with Daniel Jones early on. And here's the other thing I'll say this. I'm going to bring in – um, a, a practical example of what I'm talking about, something that actually happened in my playing career. Uh-oh. I remember once upon a time, I was with the Dallas Cowboys, and it was 2006, and Bill Parcells allowed Tony Romo to play the entire preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks with a lot of first-team guys on the field. Now, this is when Drew Bledsoe was healthy. Let's set the stage because Tony Romo, not the Tony Romo that we know, this was the fourth-stringer Tony Romo. Fourth-string quarterback Tony Romo, the guy that you knew to go play golf with, not the guy that you were hoping would be your quarterback. That that was Tony Romo. Yes. Before 2006. Right. But we know what happened in 2006. He plays the entire preseason game in Seattle and then ultimately gives way uh, Drew Bledsoe gives way to Tony Romo in the middle of the season, ends up becoming our starting quarterback, and we go to the playoffs. So all I'm simply saying is this. I'm not predicting that Tyrod Taylor is going to pull a Tony Romo this year. But what I am saying is the backup quarterback getting significant reps with the first team in preseason could lead to the backup quarterback supplanting the incumbent starter. I, I, I don't think it's that far-fetched to suggest that that could potentially happen with Daniel Jones this season. So, I mean, the obvious question is when you paint the picture that way and you insert the Tony Romo story, which warms everyone's heart and that's <laughs> listening, now seeing the success that he's had in the broadcast booth, just coming back to this Giants team, at what point of the season do you potentially see that happening? Is it more earlier towards the season? Do they make that move early, or does it happen later on in the year? I, I would say it would have to be later just because you can't go back to Daniel Jones if Tyrod Taylor, Tyro Taylor struggles. It's like once you make the switch, that is the Giants organization saying we are done with Daniel Jones forever and always, and he's going to walk out of the building as a free agent. That, that's, that's what I see. I, I don't necessarily believe it's a situation where you can bounce back and forth between the two quarterbacks. Once you pull Daniel Jones out of the starting lineup in regular season games, the New York Giants are forever and always done with Daniel Jones. But here's the thing. we got to keep in mind with Daniel Jones. He's had three seasons with the organization. He hasn't stayed healthy in any of the three seasons. And you're talking about a player that has 50 total touchdowns to 49 total turnovers. I will say this, when your quarterback is turning the ball over just as much as he's helping your team score touchdowns, when it's a one-to-one ratio, that ain't a good thing, dog. Not good at all. That ain't a good thing. And so when you continue to ask the question of whether or not you have the franchise quarterback, eventually you're going to land on the answer being no. And I'm afraid we're getting dangerously close to the Giants being at that point with Daniel Jones. We'll have more on this conversation. But coming up next, we want your bold predictions and 
we have a former MVP looking to become the highest paid player in the NFL. I'll explain. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN Plus. Also busting through your smart speakers. I got Ro Parrish, the best, rocking with me, filling in for the big fella, Chris Carlin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we're taking your calls on bold predictions for this NFL season. Eric in New Jersey, we see you. The way to jump on board is on the call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. But... We're waiting on some moves between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Yes, we are. And we're waiting on the sounder for breaking moves. <laughs> Maybe we're not going to get breaking it. Breaking anyway. is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Okay, so that's what we were waiting on to hear that from Christine Lisi. But we're also waiting on the Baltimore Ravens because the ball is in their court. Lamar Jackson has put a week one deadline on the contract negotiations. Now to set the stage, we know Lamar Jackson represents himself. He's his own agent. His mom does some of the behind the scenes work for him. But this is an interesting negotiation, an interesting back and forth between the Ravens and their MVP quarterback. You're talking about a guy that not only is the identity of his offense, he's arguably the identity of the Ravens franchise. No question about it. And when we look at it, number one, I want to give him his props because if I'm in his shoes, there's no way I'm showing up after I've seen four different quarterbacks earn salaries this offseason, new contracts of $150 million or more. So Ooh. in the final year of his rookie deal, the Baltimore Ravens have been able to give him an extension since last season Mm. haven't done it yet and like you said arguably i'm not even gonna say arguably he is the face of the baltimore ravens franchise that's Mm. there's no question about it should he hold out in my opinion absolutely because let's look at his injury history the majority of his injuries especially the latest ones bone bruise on his ankle he's had knee injuries so they're all lower extremity injuries and i mean listen he has a gun for an arm. However, mm-hmm. we know that he makes his bread mostly with those legs. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I would not risk any potential of injury because, as you know, football is dangerous. Yeah. Not only is it dangerous when you play on the field, but it's dangerous in practice. We've seen injuries happen in practice. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm representing myself, there is no way I'm going to play week one against the Jets without a new contract. Interesting, because we're on opposite ends of the spectrum on this one. And I hear you about the risk of incurring injury, but we saw the worst-case scenario for a quarterback in the contract year play out with Dak Prescott several years ago, right? 
I mean, Dak Prescott had his ankle or his foot and his kneecap Ooh, facing different directions. Nasty. Remember how egregious that was? Yes. And Tony Romo was saying on the broadcast that he thinks that his foot came out of his shoe. And I was like, no, it's not. His foot is facing a different direction than his knee. That was about the worst case scenario as you could hope for or as as you could you could wish that you didn't have play out. Uh, for a quarterback in a contract year, and yet it didn't stop Dak Prescott from getting his bag. Coming off of that, he got paid $40 million a year with $70 million in cash in his first season. So I, I just, when it comes to the risk of injury, I hear you, but because it's a quarterback starved league, because of the scarcity at the position, I don't mind Lamar Jackson rolling the dice on this one. I don't. And to ask him, a 25 year old MVP, who's had his team in the playoffs three of the four years he's been a starter, won a road playoff game, to ask him to take a contract that would give him less than the most guaranteed money in the National Football League, that would give him less than the highest average annual value, I just think it's unreasonable. If the Baltimore Ravens want to get this done and they they want cost certainty, the best thing that they can do is do it now. Yes. Because if they wait for next offseason – and they're using the franchise tag as leverage for him. Let me tell you what's going to happen with that. Justin Herbert's going to get a new contract. Joe Burrow's going to get a new contract. And that is going to reset the quarterback market. So the asking price for Lamar Jackson is only going to continue to go up. And the other thing about the franchise tag that a lot of people don't think about, Lamar Jackson doesn't have to sign it. No, he does not. The, 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 the player's contract is over with after his rookie year. Like, the fifth-year option, there's nothing he can do about that. He's got to take the 20-plus million dollars this year, and that's just what it is. But next year, he doesn't have to sign the franchise tag. So that can create a, 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 a little bit of a sticky situation for Baltimore. I just don't know if you want to be in that situation if you know that your team is built around what Lamar Jackson does. Can you imagine potentially what – Lamar Jackson would command on the open market. Can you just think about that for a second? Because there's 32 teams out there. Let's just go ahead and eliminate about maybe 10 of them right now that Mm -hmm. that have a top-tier quarterback in position. There is no way there are going to be multiple teams willing to pay him market value and maybe even over market value to bring them in to their franchise. Because look at it. He checks all boxes. Number one, he's box office. You want to see what he does every single week. We know that he is a leader for that team as well. He's the face of the franchise. There isn't a box, in my personal opinion, that he does not check of being the franchise quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens or any of the other teams in the NFL. Yeah, there's a ton of teams out there that are always looking for quarterbacks. Like I said, half the league is looking for a franchise quarterback at any given time. So if Lamar Jackson were getting to the open market, there would be no shortage of teams that would throw a bag of money at him, whether or not he got hurt in 2022. And that's why I'm not as worried about the injury concern. But I think as this continues to drag out, the leverage swings in Lamar Jackson's way and more pressure mounts with the Baltimore Ravens because they've got to find a way to be able to structure a contract to fit under their salary cap. And the the longer they wait, the bigger that number becomes. Yes. So that's something that the Baltimore Ravens have to consider. There's a reason why Steve Bashotti got upset with the Cleveland Browns when they gave yeah. Deshaun Watson that kind of contract that guaranteed him 
$230 million? Yo, yo, hold on for a second. Because if you're Lamar Jackson, why would you settle for anything less in terms of a contract guarantee? And with that said, the pressure, in my opinion, is on the Baltimore Ravens to hurry up and get this deal done because shouts out to Fat Joe. Yesterday's price is not today's price. You spoke about it. The quarterbacks that are due for an extension that are on their rookie deals, they're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. So why not take care of Lamar Jackson now before the market resets itself and you have to pay even more? Come on, Steve Bashotti. Exactly. Here's what Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, had to say about this this morning on Get Up. I think there are a couple things going on with Lamar Jackson. One, I think we should believe him. He doesn't want to carry this into the season as something that's hanging over his head. But I also don't know that it's necessarily a, a negotiating ploy. I, my understanding is sort of the lines are drawn here, right? Like they know what he wants and... If he doesn't get it, he feels comfortable going into the season, playing it out, getting franchised next year, going that route that Dak Prescott did, Kirk Cousins did. So uh, I, I, think that's, I think we should take him at his word here, uh, and we'll see if the Ravens move toward him enough to get a deal done before the season starts. I still think odds are that it happens, but, mm. again, I, I, I would have said that last year. Yeah, Lamar Jackson understands the closer you get to free agency, the closer you get to realizing your full market value. Let's go out to the call-in line and take Tim in Kansas City, who has a bold prediction about Lamar Jackson. Tim, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Okay, guys, just hear me out on this. My hot take is if the Baltimore Ravens want to get to the Super Bowl, they need to trade Lamar Jackson and they need to sign Jimmy G. Lamar Jackson will never win a Super Bowl in the NFL. The reason is is because he's a mobile quarterback. He takes too many hits throughout the season. And then we get into the playoffs, you want Lamar to excel what he's best at, and that's running the ball. He cannot throw the ball on a consistent level through an entire season to get Baltimore in position for them to get a top seed and them to win a Super Bowl. That's just my take. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's your take, and you're entitled to have your opinion. It just feels like it's a lazy take. It is very I mean, lazy. That's, that we've been hearing that from Bill Polian and others since before Lamar Jackson got drafted into the NFL. And, Ro, one of the interesting things that, that, that I talked about when Jeremy Fowler released his list of top ten players at the position, at the quarterback spot, based on what executives around the NFL had to say about, uh, about players, Dak Prescott was on the list. He was number 10 on that list, and Lamar Jackson was left off. And it made me go back and do a little bit of research. Over the past three years, if I were to ask you between Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson, who has more passing touchdowns, who would you say? I would probably lean towards Dakota Prescott. But it's not. Oh, it's not? It's not. It's Lamar Jackson. Oh, who knew? Yeah. Now, both of the players have missed time due to injury, but the reality is that Lamar Jackson is a capable passer in the National Football League. It just so happens that he has this other dimension that the Ravens take full advantage of with him, the ability to be able to use his legs. So all I'm simply saying is this. If you don't believe in Lamar Jackson, that's cool. There are a lot of other teams that believe in what he can do and would pay him his money. So if the Baltimore Ravens don't pay him, somebody else is going to pay him some big bucks. Well, we're going to have to continue this conversation. We have a lot more on it. Also coming up next, how is it that a team can go from bad to worse with one professional athlete last night? That's after I tell you about this from FanDuel. Start the second half of the baseball season the right way and turn K's into cash and big hits into big swings with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using promo code PLAY. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in match bets if you don't win. 
Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code PLAY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Peralta hits one deep to center. Every which way but loose, and it gets past Hicks. He turned three different ways, and Peralta has himself an inning-opening triple. Yeah, it's not great for my New York Yankees. Nope. You're listening to Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, <laughs> ESPN Plus, Sirius XM Channel 80. It's Chris Candy rocking with the best Roe Parish. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We've been taking your calls on your NFL Bowl predictions Hit us up on the call in line, 888-ESPN, that's 888 We're going to get back to your calls and bold predictions in a moment, but we got to take a right turn, row and go to the baseball diamond and bring on ESPN Major League Baseball analyst Doug Glanville. And Doug, we got a problem with my New York Yankees who are 8-16 and since the All-Star break, and they've been shut out for their last nine games. I think Aaron Hicks getting lost in the outfield pretty much sums up how the Yankees have looked since the All-Star break, what's going on with the Yankees? What's their biggest issue, and how do they get this thing fixed so they can look like a true title contender? Yeah, no, great to be on. Um, well, I was able to call the Red Sox-Yankees games uh, that series this weekend, and, uh, and you know, there's no doubt that their offense is out of sync. And, and when you have that, you start to notice more about the guys like Aaron Hicks who are struggling, and you start to figure out, you know, is that where you need to fix it? But overall, they still have the numbers in their favor, the skill sets in their favor. You know, outside of the, the, the pitching, which overall has been good, uh, the bullpen has struggled of late in trying to find whose role is what, but they still have the talent. Outside of the fact you have Aaron Judge, one of the best players in baseball, they're a team that slugs, they're a team that gets on base. And one thing that's different from a year ago is their defense is, is you know, elite now. They, they close out plays, they catch the ball. So those are all positives, and there's going to be times you hit bumps in the road. You have to make adjustments to decide what you need to fix. And part of it is, you know, their bullpen is, is sort of, at, you know, as needed basis. Who's going to be the right matchup? So you don't have that sort of, oh, he's our closer. And so with those, you know, those elements uh, and the fact that when you start having trouble hitting and not scoring runs, then, of course, it shows up uh, in a greater level. Post-All-Star, the wheels have been falling off, multiple shouts of, of, of shutouts, I should say, and plenty of frustration. But let's just take it to another place. We all know about Aaron Judge. What happens with him when it comes to free agency when we look at the big picture? 
What happens with Aaron Judge is is a function of just not being able to sign him before. He's in the driver's seat now. And to his credit, he's like, no, 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 I'm going to take my, you know, one year and I'm going to back it up by what I do. And now the price tag is going to go up. That's that's his right. And he took advantage of that. And not everybody's willing to bet on themselves as, as, as he did. And we talked to Aaron Boone earlier in the season, just asked him about, well, is this going to be a distraction? He was not worried at all. He said, Aaron Judge is not about that. He's a, he's a teammate. He's just going to play well. He's going to play his game. And he knows that if you're, you know, have a great year, you're going to get paid. So this has only raised his stock. And, um, and you know, talking to his opponents, Boston Red Sox, our, uh, you know, talked to Alex Cora. Where do you pitch this guy? N- not a whole lot of places. If you make a mistake, he's crushing you consistently this season. Talking with ESPN MLB analyst Doug Glanville on Canty and Carlin. And Aaron Judge clearly in the driver's seat for his free agency and getting a huge contract. Another team that's in the driver's seat in the NL West is the Los Angeles Dodgers, but they were dealt a huge blow this week with Walker Bueller being done for the season. How does this impact the Dodgers the rest of the regular season and potentially in the postseason? Well, that's a big blow. You talk about a frontline starter. He's had health issues, no question, but the fact is when you're in a short series, best of five, best of seven, anything, you know that there's a chance that if you have three deep and you're in a rotation that has that kind of depth, it makes a big difference. With those days off, you can run people back a second time in the series. And that's what they lose in a Walker Buer, that type of game-changing playoff contention type of pitcher. So, you know, when I talked to Dave Roberts earlier in the year, uh, the Dodgers manager, the concern, I asked him, well, what, you know, what could beat you? Because really there's not a whole lot of teams that are better, certainly. And he was concerned about, look, things that you can't control, injuries, or you're just trying to manage people to make sure they're healthy and they're at the end. And with Walker Bueller, it didn't work out. And and that's going to be a big blow because you have a, you know, a frontline starter that can give you that win, that W, especially in the postseason. Doug, just as a hypothetical, two teams that we know are going to be there, the Dodgers and the New York Mets. If the Dodgers ran into a team like the Mets that can march out Scherzer, DeGrom, and say Chris Bassett, how would that potential series play out knowing what happened to the Dodgers pitching rotation? It's a game changer because, you know, one of the best moves that the Mets were able to make at the trade deadline was doing nothing in the sense of just waiting for DeGrom to get healthy. I mean, that's the that's the impact. You have one of the greatest pitchers on the planet. And, you know, the question is always with him and Scherzer now is health. And so, yes, if you're in a series, a small short series or any short season series against the Mets and you have those guys running at you, you're in trouble. I mean, I don't care who you are. Because that type of pitching, that elite pitching, will neutralize any bats no matter how hot they are. The question will be, you're not talking about Scherzer and DeGrom going nine. So if they're not going nine, someone's got a bridge to close out that game. And and that's where the Mets need to stay strong because once you get those guys out of the game, there's a new opportunity for any team hitting against them. Staying with those Mets now, we know that the Braves currently, they're streaking. They look to win eight straight but the Mets, they've had their number all season. So looking at this series, how important is it in terms of dictating who will win that division in the East? Very important. I mean, these are the these are the series that make the difference. And once again, anytime you're establishing, uh, you know, sort of your head-to-head dominance over a team, that's, that's only to your advantage. That gives you the chance of seeing where you are as a barometer, but also just setting the tone. Like, okay, we beat you up all season, like the Astros – has t- they've taken out the Yankees, so the Astros know we can beat these guys. 
Now, that edge matters when two teams are so good as like those teams are. You know, the, the Braves have done well. They've, they've pitched. They've gotten some young guys come up and contribute. They locked in Austin Riley. They have, you know, they have guys that can make a difference every single day that I've experienced now after winning the World Series, Acuna Jr. and so on. And then you look at, you know, at the Mets, all season long, they've pretty much been in control. And they've only added Jacob DeGrom. And that's why it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch those teams go at it. There's no doubt, though, every series now will make a difference because if you can win, get that home field, that's going to be that potentially has the, the, the power to be the difference between those two teams, whether you're playing at home or whether you're playing on the road. Doug, we're up against it, but I got to get this question in here. Fernando Tatis suspended for 80 games for a PED violation. Didn't necessarily buy into the excuse that he made or the reason why he popped positive on PED testing. Your thoughts on how this impacts the Padres' title hopes and how it impacts his reputation? Devastating. There's no no other way to put it. Devastating. I mean, this you know when when right, this guy is a, a the elite player. He's a generational player. He transforms the game. He does it by the cultural shift around you know having fun and celebrating. He's done it by winning over veteran players to believe that this is the future. He's done it by the collective bargaining. Uh, the ability to go to bargaining and say have veteran guys fight for young fight for young players that's Tatis Jr. and and that's thrown all out the window with the lack of trust and things and the questions that remain so within all that yeah it's, it's, it's tragic not just for the Padres because you lose an elite MVP caliber player but for the game that's that lost an agent of change. Doug we appreciate the time hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it thank you. All right, that's ESPN baseball analyst Doug Glanville on Canty and Carlin. Coming up next, while Michael Irvin was right about one thing when he made his crazy proclamation about the Cowboys, I'll tell you what it is next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Carlin on ESPN Radio and Row. Yep. I know you're really close friends with Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, down in Jackson State University, and he had a huge addition to his coaching staff this week. Uh, you got to break us. You got to give us the breaking news on who's joining Coach Prime down in Jackson State. Well, allegedly it's a rumor, and that's according to Coach Prime's Twitter handle, which I saw this morning, Mike Zimmer. So my former defensive coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys, Mike yes, Zimmer. Yes, Former coach for the Minnesota Vikings former and the coach Cincinnati C- Bengals. Absolutely. He is going down to Jackson State where Prime, hold up, my bad, Coach Prime already has a staff equipped with former NFL players and former NFL coaches. Let me just bring everybody to speed just in case you, you got, don't know. You got some of the names? Well, I'm, just, well, I'm not going to drop names, but I've just got to remind everybody because <laughs> at Jackson State, the Prime effect has been amazing. First winning record at JSU since 2013. Okay. He won the SWAT Coach of the Year, and he was the FCS Coach of the Year, landed that number one recruit, Travis Hunter, upgraded the locker rooms and player facilities, and, of course, he has endless motivation quotes and, and, and positive energy nonstop. So I say all that to say the Prime effect is real. 
But now you bring in someone like Coach Zimmer, who you know very well, his defensive acumen is on another level, professional grade level, and now he's coming to Jackson State. So that's only going to improve that defense, which was already stellar last season. Yeah, and we had another high-profile coach join the SWAC as well, and Hugh Jackson becoming the head coach at Grambling State University. So it's interesting to see what's happening at our HBCUs when it comes to these programs and former NFL coaches and players joining these staffs and raising the profile of this conference and HBCU athletics as a whole. A month and a day away from today, September 17th, you mentioned Hugh Jackson. That is when Jackson State and Grambling will go head-to-head. So make sure you put that on your calendar. Something tells me it will be seen on our family of networks. Yeah, something tells me that's going to be a sellout, too. Oh, no question. You know, hey, listen, as as much as I would be excited to watch the game, I want to be excited to see the halftime show. Oh, yeah, no Cause, question. Because you know when it hey. comes to black college football, Ooh. the halftime show with the marching bands and the champagne, girls it's always a treat it's always fun to watch but i gotta be on board with coach prime being able to bring in the best and the brightest around the football world to coach up his young men to be able to give them instruction at the highest level and being able to get them to realize their full potential this is awesome to see coach prime being able to do it his way and the other thing that impressed me about coach prime when they were asked about him potentially playing alabama in a non-conference game he said my kids aren't ready for that right now. We still got to get some guys up front in order for us to have a chance to compete. It just lets you know that Coach Prime is not in it for him. He's in it for what's in the best interest of his student athletes, and that's a breath of fresh air when it comes to college f- athletics and college football in particular. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and busting through your smart speakers. It's your boy, Chris Kenny, and I am rocking with the best, Roe Parrish. Yes, and sir. And we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're taking your calls on your bold predictions for this NFL season. Hit us up on the call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Eric in New Jersey, we see you. We're about to get to you in a few moments, but first, we got to get to the Hall of Famer, the playmaker, one Michael Irvin. And, Ro, I know Michael <laughs> Irvin is one of your good friends as well. Yes. I swear you know all of those former Cowboys. Y'all are all tight. But anyway, Michael Irvin was on first take yesterday with our very own Stephen A. Smith. On the and boat. I'm not sure whether it was them being on the Hudson River on the boat <laughs> or what was going on with Michael Irvin because he had the life jacket on. I don't know exactly what was going on in his mind when he said this. This is not like turnover. Turnovers declare wins and losses. You can still win. With all of these penalties, the Dallas Cowboys still had the number one offense in the National Football League, the number one scoring offense in the National Football League. What you should be saying, if the Dallas Cowboys clean up these penalties, they may be chasing the Miami Dolphins. That's what I'm trying to tell you right now. Now, when he says the Miami Dolphins, he's not talking about the 2022 Miami Dolphins. He's talking about the 1972 oh. Miami Dolphins when they oh. had the perfect season yeah. under Don Shula so and won on. the wait, Super Bowl. Wait, wait, wait. wait. They're not, he's not talking about Tua down there. He's talking about Mercury May, Mercury, uh, Mer- Morris. Mercury Morris yeah. and, and the whole crew there that, yes. that are the only team in NFL history to finish the season without a loss. Yeah, Larry Zonka, that whole crew. That's who he's talking about. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. First of all, let me say this. Before I give my opinion, what was your thoughts when you heard Michael Irvin make that claim? So, Chris, we originally met in the city of Dallas, Texas, while you were wearing the star on your helmet. Uh-huh. And as we know, 
the Dallas Cowboys, that is, air quotes, America's team. Yes. And the fans there in Dallas are somewhat delusional at times. Okay. Maybe more times than not. Okay. And it seems like Michael Irvin is the poster child now for those delusional fans <laughs> in the city of Dallas that feel like the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl every single year. And they haven't done it since 1996. That's over 25 years. Yeah, it's been a long time that the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl or won anything of significance. I mean, When's the last time they've been to a conference championship game? Ah, uh, that was. It's been a yeah, long, long time. time. Exactly. So I, I'm just simply saying maybe Michael Irvin might need to pipe down. But here's the thing that I find fascinating about what he just said. He said, if they cut down on the turnovers. If. Now we're talking about a team who we saw a few days ago against the Denver Broncos in their first preseason outing mm. have 17 penalties for 129 yards. Ro, do you know this? Going into the fourth quarter of that game against the Denver Broncos, the Dallas Cowboys had more penalty yards than they had of total offensive yards. That's not good. That's not good, especially coming off of a season where you were the most penalized team in the National Football League. So my only question is this. We know Mike McCarthy struggles with in-game management, right? Management of timeout, clock management, and in-the-game scenarios. We know he struggles in that regard. We also know that Kellen Moore calls the plays on offense. We also know that Dan Quinn calls the plays on defense. So if Mike McCarthy is not good at game management, he doesn't call the plays on offense, he doesn't call the plays on defense, if he's not talking to the team about cleaning up the penalties, what the hell is he doing? doing? That's what what I was thinking. What's going on here? What the hell is Mike McCarthy doing? Listen, where where is the accountability? What about this team culture? I I have so many questions, and just let me just run this down for a second. Since that last Super Bowl win, zero Super Bowl appearances, zero NFC Championship appearances. Four and eleven in the playoffs. So that's just the that's just to put those numbers out there, just to let Cowboys fans know. Yeah, I'm responsible for a couple of those losses too. Uh, 2006, 2007. You know, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just wish Tony Romo didn't go to Cabo with Jessica Simpson. Ah, uh, that wasn't the best I, I, idea. I, I, I just wish we could have that one back. But anyway, <laughs> no. speak, speaking of getting them back, let's get back on track with the bold predictions for this upcoming NFL season. Let's go out to Eric in New Jersey. Eric, you're on Candy and Carlin. What up? What up, Will? What up, Big CC? Hey, before I get my prediction, CC, I just want to tell you how I love to see your radio career ascending. You know, when I first heard you on the radio, I said, this brother got it, he gets it, he sounds good, and he gives great insight to his perspectives. So keep doing your thing, bro. Appreciate the shout-out. As far as my bold bold prediction, if if yours come true, mine is coming true, too. So here we go. I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk will be in the top three in receiving yards and touchdowns this upcoming season. That's my bold prediction. Please tell me what you think, both of you. Very, very bold prediction, and I got to say I like it. I like it. I know a lot of people think it's off the wall, but Brandon Ayuk is electric with the football in his hands. Coming out of Arizona State, this guy was underrated. And he's shown at the NFL level when he gets the ball in his hands, he can do some really, really special things. Again, I think the 49ers have a top five skill position core. When you look at Debo Samuel, you look at Ayuk, George Kittle, and then having Elijah Mitchell in the backfield as their running back. Listen, th- this is a team that, that that that's tough. Oh, and I didn't even mention the Swiss Army Knight no, you did and not. Kyle Juszczyk, <laughs> the fullback. So, I mean, the 49ers have a lot of weapons for Trey Lance to work with. And Brandon Ayuk could be the guy that gets a lot of one-on-one opportunities when you consider all the attention that Debo Samuel and George Kittle are going to get. So I don't hate that bold prediction, Rose. I don't hate it at all. I actually love it. All right, there it is. So 
Here we go. More bowl predictions coming up next. But right now, Pat Mahomes and Steph Curry, what do they have in common? We'll tell you next. 